Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I welcome you back uh, to a brand new episode on Weathering the Storm. We are now in Season 2 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network, and we have been engaged in the study on what it means to weather the storm with. And we've looked at several biblical terms, weathering the storm uh, with focus, and then getting into the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, weathering the storm with love, joy, and peace. Well, today we come to the next word in the list, and that is the word patience. So again, I am so thankful for you listening today. I hope that this episode will be helpful to you in your walk with the Lord. Before we dive into our study, I would like to uh, encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and to uh, like us on Facebook. On Scattered Abroad Network page, go find us on Instagram, and certainly we ask that you'll pray for our effort as we're striving to spread the gospel to as many souls as possible. Now, the Scattered Abroad Network has a podcast for every single day of the week, and so we are constantly putting out content. Again, and our goal is to help you and to bring glory to God. And so again, thank you so much for listening. We hope that this podcast and all the podcasts on this network will help you. As I mentioned today, we want to discuss how we can weather the storm with patience. And patience is something that we must have if we're going to weather the storm. You know, as you think about our society today, uh, patience is <laughs> hard to find, isn't it? Well, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what area of life you want to talk about. It's just hard to find patience. You know, you go into the hospital and, and you have all kinds of different, you know, ailments going on, but, but everybody's emergency seems to be, you know, greater than the next person's emergency. Uh, and so you see people just, just antsy, impatient, extremely impatient. Uh, you can even see that in the restaurant. Someone says, hey, it's going to be a 15 minute wait. And that 15 minutes, you know, seems like an eternity. And I think it's because of the way our society views it and the impatience that's all around us. You know, we're used to having Amazon Prime. When you can look on your phone or computer, order something, and the next day it can be there. Or we think about even to the point of grocery pickup. You know, you don't have to go in, in the store anymore, and you don't have to wait uh, in, a, in a long line. There's self-checkout, and there's uh, people that will bring your groceries to your car. So again, that's kind of our society, and I wonder if that's kind of been a, been a crutch for us as a society, as a culture, thinking about how we need to practice patience. I'll use this as an example as well as we open up our study today, uh, and that is the example of, of baseball. Baseball, to me, is the greatest game in the world. I know that's my opinion, but it's something that I love. I played it for 18 years, and now I'm coaching it. It's just there's so much that I've learned from baseball that I still apply to my life today. But just thinking about the sport, one of the great things about it is the is the game within the game. You know, the picture – uh, the pitcher having to to work around a hitter or, or maybe work backwards in the count. 
Maybe the count goes a little bit longer, or maybe the hitter, you know, fouls off 10 pitches in an at-bat, or maybe the pitcher's trying to hold on a runner. Whatever the case may be, sometimes a baseball game takes a long time to be played. But in our society today, you know, people are saying, hey, it's too slow of a game. And so now they're trying to speed it up. There's a time clock for the pitcher to get back on the mound. You know, in the minor leagues, they're, they're trying all these new things out that will make the game go quicker. If you go to extra innings, the runner starts on second base. And all of it because, as a society, we've lost the ability to be patient. But as we notice in the scriptures, and specifically in the list of the fruit of the Spirit, patience is necessary. If we're going to bear the kind of fruit that God wants us to bear, if we're going to allow the, the Spirit to bear that fruit in our life, and that is what we find in the Word of God and the Word kind of working through us and, and, and transforming us into who we need to be, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we must have patience if we're going to be pleasing to God. The word patience is found 25 times in Scripture, only two times in the Old Testament, which I thought was interesting. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 30, and Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 15. And both of those references uh, talk about God and His patience, His long-suffering. And so the Hebrew word that you find in both Nehemiah 9.30 and Jeremiah 15.15 both mean to bear with or endure something unpleasant or difficult, slow to anger, long-suffering. You think about God uh, being having to endure with something unpleasant. You think about the people of Israel. You think about, you know, they, they're, they're brought out of Egyptian bondage and they say, hey, let's go back. I want to go back. Or as soon as Moses comes down from the mountain, they have a golden calf. So you see all those years that God was so very patient with his people in Israel. But of course, we as the church today, we are the Israel of God. And thanks be to God for his patience and long suffering with us. But when you come to the New Testament, you'll notice there are three different words used for patience in the original Greek language. 19 out of the 23 times, uh, there is a Greek word used meaning steadfast endurance. And a few episodes ago, we did Weathering the Storm with Joy, and we referenced James 1, 3, and 4. You know, my brethren counted all joy when you fall into various trials. And we used the word patience there, or James used the word patience there, and we emphasized how that word means to endure, to be uh, long-suffering, to have steadfast endurance through a difficult time. Two times, the word there's a different word that is found, and that's in Matthew 18, 26, as well as verse 29 meaning to be patient with another. This is when a parable was taught by Jesus. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And you remember that parable. And there was this, the one who owed so much money. And the king said, Okay, you're forgiven. But then that same one that was forgiven, he wouldn't extend that patience to someone who owed him just a little bit. And it was to show the patience and long-suffering of Almighty God. But then the last two times it's found, this will equal out the 25 times we find it in Scripture, it's found in Hebrews 6.12, as well as James 5 and verse 10. And the meaning is forbearance or long-suffering. We want to focus on the word found in James 5 and verse 10. When it speaks of hearing of the perseverance of Job, and seeing the end intended by the Lord. Now, of course, when we think about Job, he is the, the picture, if you will, 
of patience. You know, you think about somebody who had to weather the storm. You think of someone who had to have a great amount of patience. And no doubt that would be Job. Perhaps he's the first one that comes to your mind when you think about weathering the storm. I know that that I've done several episodes of him uh, in the past on this podcast, uh, but certainly he's an example that we keep coming back to. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you there to James 5 for just a moment. And then we want to turn our attention to Job chapter 42 as we look at our points today on weathering the storm with patience. In James chapter 5, let's begin there in verse 7. James says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. You see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Did you notice how many times James used the word patience? Verse 7, twice in verse 7, then again in verse 8, and then in verse 10. And so multiple times he is speaking of the value of being patient. And again, look at the example that he gives. It's the example of Job. And so when we think about that word patience used there in the, in the book of James, notice it's different from what we find in James chapter 1. In James 1, it had to do with steadfast endurance. But here it has to do with forbearance and long-suffering. And of course, the word long-suffering means to suffer long. It means to endure that painful situation and to bear with it. And that's exactly what we find with Job. And so I invite you to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. I've said this before, and, and it's something that I always think about when studying Job. Job did not have this chapter. <laughs> you know, obviously, Job didn't have the book of Job. Uh, we had the blessing of looking back and, and seeing his example, and we had the, the blessing of seeing the whole story. But could you imagine him actually living it? You know, we, we find in Job 1, he was the greatest man in the East. Look how he was blessed. He was abundantly blessed. He had all these children. He had all the livestock. Again, for the Bible to say he was the greatest man in the East, that, that says a whole lot. And so Job had, had everything you could ask for. God had blessed him abundantly. And in the Old Testament, we see that's how blessings uh, were brought down. Of course, in the New Testament, the blessings are spiritual in nature. All spiritual blessings found in Christ, Ephesians 1.3. But consider Job. And consider what he went through. Consider that he had all these great blessings, but then, as it seems in a blink of an eye, it was all taken away from him. You know, he lost his, his children. He lost his servants. He lost his livestock. And then we have his wife, and he lost her trust. And she said, curse God and die. We have his three friends coming to him, and, and he seems as if, you know, they're not offering any help. In fact, he tells them, miserable comforters are you. And Job's having to defend himself, but at the same time, he's trying to figure out what is going on. This was a man who feared God. This was a man who shunned evil. This is a man who was perfect and upright and blameless. And yet now he's lost everything. But the thing about Job is that his faith never wavered. And we mentioned that in previous episodes, that Job lost everything except for his faith. 
but you know he had to have an amazing amount of patience to weather that storm. The patience that it must have taken with his wife. Could you imagine that? She told him to curse God and die. She said, you still have your integrity. Why? How in the world can you still serve him? Think of the patience he had to have with her. Think of the patience that he had to have with his friends. And, and I love the fact that he let them speak their peace. He just took it because he was patient. Now, he wasn't allowing them to run over him because he did stick up for himself. He did talk, you know, and respond to them. But he was so, so patient. And over and over in the book of Job, he's asking God, can, can we please talk about this? Can, can we have a day in court, if you will? I want to know what I did wrong. I want to know why this is happening. And as you come to the end of the book, God is going to explain the fact that he's the one who created the world. He's the one who's in complete control. And Job finally comes to this realization that, you know, God doesn't owe him an explanation for what happened. The issue is Satan was behind the suffering of Job. It wasn't God. Yes, God allowed it. God permitted it to happen, but God didn't cause it. Satan was the one who did that. And again, we have the ability, we had the blessing of being able to look into Scripture and know that, but Job didn't. Job wasn't there when that conversation was had. So this whole time, Job's thinking that God has done this to him, but really it was Satan. So now that God has explained the fact that he's the one who has, you know, have created the world, created Job, created all these things. I want you to listen to the language that we find in Job 42. And let's look at this text together. Job 42, let's read verses 1 through 6 as we begin. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Here we have someone who's been through so much. He's been through so much physical pain, emotional pain, no doubt spiritual pain. And we see his repentance and his restoration in chapter 42. We have a man who has been broken down. And yet, now he comes to the realization that God didn't do this to him. Think of the patience that he had to have. No doubt, think of the patience that God had with him as well. But as you continue in this text, look at verse 12. It says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. <laughs> to me, that's just hard to imagine. Again, we go back to Job 1. He was the greatest man of the East. He was blessed abundantly. All the children that he had, all the livestock that he had. But here it says that God blessed him even more. Could you imagine how great that must have been? And then I love the way the book of Job ends. Job 42, 16 and 17. It says, After this, Job lived 140 years, and he saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. God was, was patient with Job. 
Job, no doubt, was patient with the situation that he faced. He was patient in the storm. And by weathering that storm with patience, he was able to come through even better than he was before the storm came his way. So as we bring this study to a close today, this episode to a close, let's think about some points of application. Number one, by displaying patience in the storm, it gives us an opportunity to glorify God. You may be asking, well, how in the world can I bring glory to God when I'm facing a storm? The way that you go through that storm is what matters. You know, I heard this quote from a coach one time, and, and I think it's very, very powerful. He said, it's not what happens to you that matters. It's how you respond. How you respond to adversity reveals who you really are. And that's what we have in Job. That's why he's such a great example for us. Look how he responded to the adversity. Amazing to consider his patience. But notice that this gave him an opportunity to glorify God. That's what we find in the book of James. It says, you've heard of the the end intended by the Lord with Job. What was it? The Lord's compassion and mercy. So ultimately, that's what came out of Job's situation. You read the whole book of Job. What's it really about? It's about the Lord's compassion and mercy. It's about the Lord's patience with his people. And it's amazing to consider that Job went through all of this. And yet, even though all the bad, all the negativity, even though the storm was so great, even greater was the Lord's compassion and mercy. And so when you go through a storm and you come out of it, remember God. Remember the one who brought you through that storm. Number two, we learn that those who can weather the storm with patience will be those who endure. And those who endure will be blessed. Again, we reference James 1.12. We mentioned it just a few episodes ago. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. We find in 1 Corinthians 15.58 that we are to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Going through that storm, working through it, It's not in vain. You're going to come through on the other side. There remains a rest for the people of God. Hebrews 4. And so the final point of application, and hopefully this will be an encouragement to you, is that as we strive to weather the storms of life with patience, take it one day at a time. Take one small victory at a time. And trust God to carry you through. God has proven himself over and over and over again that he's going to be with his people. No matter how bad your storm is, don't focus on that. Focus on the one who can get you through it. I thank you so much for listening, and I hope that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm with patience. Thank you, and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.